Amen. Thank you, guys. So good. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Thessalonians. Last week, we finished chapter 2. This week, we're going to jump into chapter 3. Uh, I would say if you took notes last week, pull out those notes. You're probably going to want to just continue on that same uh, uh, piece of paper because today really is part two of last week's message. Last week, if you remember, it was verses 17, 18, 19, and 20, the last four verses of chapter two. This is actually what Paul writes. He said, but since we were torn away from you, brothers... Right? Remember that? They were in Thessalonica, uh, Paul and Silas ministering there, but then they had to leave uh, in the middle of the night to get away from there. Torn away for a short time in person, not in heart. So torn away, uh, physically torn away, but he says they could never tear you away from our hearts. Then he goes on to say, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Right? Remember that? Paul really wanted to see them. Uh, He wanted to come to to them. Paul, in fact, again and again, he tried to get there. But Satan, he says, Satan hindered us. And then he goes on, and we talked a lot about this last week. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and our joy. Don't you just see how much Paul loves these uh, new believers in Thessalonica? He, He has a heart, just the heart of God, the love of God. For these people. And, and today, you're going to see, even with the hindrances, even with him not being able to get there and, and, and to be able to see them face to face, Paul, he doesn't give up. He has a tenacity, and, and you're going to see that today. Out of this great love that he has for the people who are his glory and his joy, he doesn't give up. In fact, this is what he says, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, hey, could you turn my mic down just a little bit? Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. Oh, you know what it is, Jeremy? I think it's the monitor. Um, I think it's right here, if you can turn on my monitor. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. I love that, church. Remember, heart of God, he loves the Thessalonians, has a passion to see them, eager to see them, tries again and again. He's hindered. So what does he do? He sends, starts with a T, he sends Timothy. How cool is that? Sends Timothy. Timothy, he's a pretty amazing guy, right? Co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Why does he send Timothy? To establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. He's talking about the afflictions that he and his companions uh, have gone through, destined for this, for when we were with you. We kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass, kind of like told you so. I mean, that's what we said was going to happen, and, and it's happened. But then he says, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith. For fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So he's kind of just wondering like, man, I haven't seen them for a while. I haven't heard about them for a while. I wonder if they're still walking in the faith. And he loves them. He has a passion of God for them. But he's like, I can't get to see you. And now I'm just going to send Timothy to go see you. And I just wonder, I, I hope, I, I just, man, I love you so much. Just please, Lord, would they just please, Lord, just Please be walking, still walking in the faith. So it's just kind of that anticipation, kind of just wondering, kind of an unknown little uh, time period there, wondering what's happening. But then look what, ha- look what verse 6 says. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, 
and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all of our distress and all of our affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. How good is that? A good report came, right? Good news of, of their faith. Good news of their love. And he's, oh man, like to know that they're still walking in the faith. It says he was comforted. Have you ever been comforted by knowing that someone, uh, maybe in your sphere of influence, someone that you uh, used to walk with or used to know, uh, have you ever been comforted to learn maybe on Facebook or Twitter or maybe through a text or email that they're still walking in the faith? You ever been there before? Where maybe you run into them at Safeway and you're like, wow, like, I haven't seen you forever. And they're like, oh, yeah, I go to so-and-so church, and I'm doing this and this mission. And you're just like, yeah. Like, right? Have you ever felt that before? I, I get the joy of that all the time. Just like, yeah, like, come on. Comforted in the faith. And I love how he says it. <laughs> he's total drama here on verse 8. I mean, he's probably being truthful, but I've heard people say this in kind of exaggerated terms before. He says, for now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. It's like that person that says, I would just die if I thought you walked away from the faith. Did your mom ever do that to you? I would just, Danny, I would just die if I knew anything bad happened to you. <laughs> mom, I'm okay. Fine. <laughs> we weren't fine, but that, that's another story. But no, he, he says, for now we live. I, I just love the passion Paul has. He's eager. He wants to see them. He can't see them. He's been injured. He says, I don't care. I'm sending Timothy. He gets Timothy over there. Timothy comes back. He's anticipating this report from Timothy. Timothy comes back, and it's better than good, right? It's the, the good news of their faith and their love, and he's comforted. And he says, now we can live. If you're standing in faith, we can live. And he goes, what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for, this, for your sake before our God. Thanksgiving and joy. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. He just loves these people, church. He adores them. These new believers who he said are his glory and his joy. But I hope you notice that Paul's greatest concern, his greatest passion for these people, and there could be a lot of concerns, a lot of things that you could care about for people, his greatest concern is their faith. Did you notice that? Are they walking in faith? Are they standing in the faith? I want us to catch this this morning. Don't move past this more than anything else. Of all the things that Paul could be concerned about, this is the one thing. Are they walking in the faith? When was the last time? When was the last time that you were this concerned about another person's faith? Right? When was your heart so awakened by God's Spirit to such an extent that it actually caused you to take action as Paul has taken action? Again, we read Acts chapter 17. Paul and his companions, they were stirred and, and they were willing to travel to Thessalonica, sent by God. And when they went there, they shared the gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ with the Thessalonians. But then we know from last week's passage, Paul tried to return to them, tried to see them again after being torn away, and yet they were hindered by Satan. But that doesn't cause him to give up. No, in fact, I'd say it even motivates him just a little bit more. That hindrance of Satan, which is so very real, it even causes Paul to get a little creative. Did you notice that? He says, okay, Maybe I can't go. And not that I haven't tried, right? He tried again and again. Maybe I can't go. But that doesn't mean I can't send somebody else to go, right? He can't go, but it doesn't mean he can't send Timothy. Church, I think 
We need to allow the Holy Spirit to move us, to stir us up, to get a little creative, to even think outside of the box. Because here's the deal. Here's the problem. Sometimes we get so locked in, right, just so focused on what it means to share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody else, uh, that if our plan A gets hindered, and by the way, there are times when plan A gets hindered. I don't know if you've noticed that. But when things don't quite go the way we wanted them to go, we just give up. But what if that first roadblock, and by the way, there are roadblocks and hindrances in life. But what if that first roadblock is actually an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to flood us with his creativity to help us to do what he wants us to do? I want to make this as practical as possible for you this morning. Think of it this way. Maybe there was a time you bought something. I, I think we've all been here before. Right? Where you, you buy something and you're just sure that it's going to be used to bring people to Christ, right? To share the love of Christ with other people. And yet whatever that thing is, and I don't know what the thing is for you, but whatever it is, maybe it's become increasingly more frustrating because you haven't been able to use that thing how you thought you'd be able to use that thing. And I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a box of Bibles that you purchased. Maybe you're at a garage sale and you saw some Sunday uh, school curriculum. You're like, oh man, this would be great. We could use it this way. Or the other day, someone, they were telling me about these refurbished laptops that they bought. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a box of dental floss that you inherited. Whatever the thing is. Like, it's your thing, not my thing. Your thing. (laughs) But you received it. And we've been here before, right? Where you get and you're like, God has opened up a door. You ever felt that before? Like, wow. Like, this is a door that God has opened up for me. And you get excited and you're ready to go. And yet, then there's this frustration that happens. There's this, sometimes even a hindrance that begins to happen. And and the thing that you got that you thought the Lord had opened up for you to use, maybe it's not getting used like you thought it would be used. But God, and I hope we catch this this morning, God, just maybe God had another plan. Right? Maybe instead of you going to Thessalonica, God actually was calling you to send Timothy. Maybe instead of you being the one to use that thing, maybe God is asking you to give it to someone else who's going to use it to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Right, church? It is time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to expand our thinking in this area. Really good example is uh, as a church, we have storage unit and we've had two rocking chairs in this storage unit and they've been in there for quite a few years i've been here since 2010 they were in there before uh 2010 so quite a few years and think about it just track with me here one of our leaders back in the day they bought those rocking chairs and they bought them probably with excitement and energy and they had this vision of life spring being a place where maybe we own the place right and and it could be a, a nursery where mothers and fathers and nursery care workers they could take care of the little ones they could show them at their earliest age the tangible love of god and yet those chairs they've sat in storage for almost or maybe even a decade but just two weeks ago I'm having a meeting in the nursery at Mission Woods. And we're sitting in the two rocking chairs. Have you been in the nursery at Mission Woods? Love the nursery, but those rocking chairs, they're like classic 1970s rocking chairs. I mean, just solid with the fabric holes and the shaky, you know, you wonder if you rock too hard, uh, it'll be your last rock that you've taken. I mean, it's just honest. Honestly, we're having this meeting, and, and I'm talking to Mike and talking to Jeremy. I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, these are just, yeah. 
But this is a true story. While we're having this meeting, uh, the people from Mission Woods, they just kept peeking into the nursery. And they kept on peeking into the nursery. And you could tell they really wanted to come in. And so it kind of hurried the meeting. And, and right away, when the meeting got over, they came in. They grabbed the chairs. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, what are you doing with the chairs? They go, oh, we're getting rid of them. I knew instantly that the chairs that we had in storage were meant for that room. So I asked them, I was like, hey, could you guys use these two brand new rocking chairs that we have? And they couldn't believe what I was offering. And so they got excited and I got excited and I got excited. So I called Jeremy. I was like, Jeremy, you got to come over. We're going to the storage unit. He pulled up, uh, we went to the storage unit. We came back with a box. We're like, here they are. And they're like, oh my goodness. And we're like, oh my goodness. We were so excited. <laughs> Church, here's a picture. There it is. They set one up already. Love it. Because, you know, those hindrances in the real world, they can be very disappointing. They can be discouraging. But I think we need to be open to how God might want to use them, even to the extreme where what the enemy was trying to, you know, use for evil. Allow God to turn it for good. Can't go to Thessalonica? No worries. I'm sending Timothy. Don't have a building of our own for our rocking chairs? No worries. We're going to send them to a church that can use. So good. Church, in many ways, it's a posture and an attitude. We talked about this last week. It's an attitude posture of faith. Right? In many ways, faith, it's the idea that we don't dwell on what isn't happening. Right? You don't get all Eeyore and negative about what hasn't happened. But we look forward to what's going to happen. Because again, we can all get discouraged about what didn't happen. You ever been trapped there before? I've been trapped, stuck in that place where it's like, man, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. But in faith, you rise up and you actually take practical steps forward into what's going to happen. I think that's what you see in the Bible. By the way, live stream, read your Bible. It is so good. Because when you read your Bible, you're actually going to find people, messy people, imperfect, flawed people, but people of faith. People of faith. As messy as they are, people who believed in God and believed he was going to do what he said he was going to do. Where is this occurring in your own life? Where are you believing for what's going to happen in you and through you? Because in a moment like this, I believe the Holy Spirit actually begins to stir these things up within us. I've been in many services like this where the Spirit just begins to speak and begins to move and He'll remind you of those things that you know that you've been called to, right? He'll remind you of the people that you've been called to. Yet again, you get stuck in all the ways that we've been hindered, but I want us to actually get excited this morning. I think there's room for us to get excited because maybe there's that person in your life who it just feels like you haven't been able to reach them, right? It just feels like you truly haven't been able to share Christ with them, and yet God, even now, maybe he is giving you by his spirit a new creativity in how you might be able to love them. That just might be happening by the almighty creator of the universe today. I believe he probably is speaking some of those things right now. But here's the deal. It might not look how you want it to look. And that's hard for us. Because we all kind of have a plan on how this whole thing's going to go. But it might not look how you want it to look. Remember Paul, he wanted to see the Thessalonians. Right? He loved them. He was eager to see them face to face. If Paul had his way... I mean, it's clear as you read this letter. If Paul had his way, Paul's plan A was to be with them. And so sending Timothy, it wasn't even really what Paul wanted. But once he realized he couldn't go, 
out of his great love for the Thessalonians, he sent Timothy. And we just read it. He sent Timothy to establish and exhort them in their faith. I was challenged by this this past week as I was going through this scripture. I mean, where in my life, I mean, if we're honest, where in our lives where things, you know, just they're not going how we wanted them to go, right? Just think about that. Man, this is not going according to plan. But this is where it gets extremely powerful. This isn't going according to plan, God. But God, I love these people. I love this person. And more importantly, God, you love this person. So I will do whatever you want me to do for them to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, even if it isn't going to go how I wanted it to go. It's hard, right? But that's a step of faith that I think many of us in this room, we need to take to step up in faith to say, God, even if it isn't how I wanted it to go, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. I think even now, if the Lord is bringing some specific areas up to you, write them down. Don't, don't be afraid to write them down. Maybe he's giving you some new ideas. Maybe giving you some creative ideas. I, I think it would be wise right now to write those things down so you and I can be ready to send Timothy to Thessalonica. Right? You want to be ready for that. Not just dwelling on what didn't happen, but ready to send Timothy to Thessalonica. All right, we're going to shift gears here for the rest of our time. The last four uh, verses uh, of um, 7, 8, 9, and 10 of chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, that's where we're going to be. And we'll go ahead and put it up on the screen. We're actually going to leave it up there. This is what happens. Paul sends Timothy to the Thessalonians after getting that good report from Timothy about their faith. And he's kind of excited about it all. This is what he writes. He says, For this reason, brothers, in all of our distress, and all of our affliction, we've been comforted comforted about you through your faith for now we live if you're standing fast in the lord for what thanksgiving can we return to god for you for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our god as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith now i love this did you catch at the end there paul still hasn't given up has he he's still praying most earnestly night and day that what that he could see them face to face. He wants to be there. He wants to help them in their faith. I love the tenacity of Paul. He still wants to be there. But more than anything, Paul, he just, he's encouraged. He's encouraged to hear that the Thessalonians are standing in the faith that makes all that he's gone through worth it. Remember last week we talked about that it's worth it? Do you believe that it's worth it? Do you believe it's worth it when Jesus comes? back and you're standing with them that they are their, your glory and your joy church is it worth it and so he, th- he just says man i'm comforted he says i can now live since i know that you're standing with the lord and he says i'm filled with thanksgiving i'm filled with joy knowing you're walking with god but as good as this news is and it's so good and as much as i love reading about this good report of their faith i mean it's very encouraging but I was thinking about it this week. In the Christian walk, I've found that often there is a period of time that we must all learn to live in that comes before the good report, that comes before the good news of a loved one's faith. Right? There's a time before we hear that news. And it's in that season 
where you and I, where we need to remain faithful in loving them with the love of God. Faithful in shining Jesus wherever God has placed us into the lives of people, whether they're believers or not. Just faithful with what God has called us to. So think about Paul. What what was Paul faithful to? He had to remain faithful to go into Thessalonica and preach the gospel. Remember, we know how the story ends. He didn't know how the story ends. He's just going in by faith into Thessalonica because God has sent him there. He had to remain faithful to send in Timothy. Again, we do not, we know the end of the story that there's a good report. He didn't know that there's going to be a good report. All he knows is he needs to be faithful in sending in Timothy. No guarantees that anyone will be walking with Jesus as a result of it all. But long before any sort of outcome, any sort of good report, there was a faithfulness on the part of Paul. Man, that struck me this week. Because I think in a lot of ways, that's where most of us are living. Right? In so many of the relationships that we have with other people, this is where we're at. Maybe it's a family member, right? Classmate. Maybe it's a coworker, a neighbor. We haven't heard the good report of faith yet. And yet, by God's grace, I know and I believe this, I have a confidence, He gives us the strength, He gives us the power to remain faithful in loving them with His love. Even willing to endure suffering and affliction, willing to risk being uncomfortable, being even unpopular, all in order to share the encouragement of Christ with others. I think you're really going to enjoy this. At the end of the service, we actually have some real world examples of people who are a part of this Lifespring family who shine Jesus in the places that God has positioned them. And each one is in a different place and sphere of influence. Each one of us, right, has our sphere of influence. One is a former missionary. One is working at a local school district. One is a business owner. And you're going to hear their stories. It's the stories of people in their lives who have found salvation in Jesus, who have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior in part because of the light of Christ that shines through these three people. And like Paul, they're going to be filled with thanksgiving and joy as they think about these new believers in Christ. But then there's other people in their lives who maybe aren't quite there yet. But these three people, like so many of you, they continue to be faithful, just shining Jesus, pouring themselves out into the lives of anyone who's around them, regardless of who Jesus puts in front of them, all three of them, like the Apostle Paul, just radically loving people with the love of God. So three examples. The first one is many of our friends, Jacob Ayers. He's going to talk just a little bit about how it looked and all this looked when he was on the mission field in Ghana, but also how it looks now that he's on the mission field of Spokane. Spring, I hope you guys are having a great Sunday so far. I just wanted to share a few things with you guys um, about my time in Ghana and then just a few updates on my life now. I'm over in Spokane, and I just hope you find it encouraging to see uh, just God move in really big ways. Um, But first, I wanted to thank you guys for being involved in my journey uh, before and in Ghana. It was, I couldn't have done it without you guys, and I'm just very, very encouraged when I think about uh, the examples you guys set for me. Um, But one of the more powerful things that happened to me in Ghana was um, I actually led my first person to Christ while I was there. His name was Amos. Um, and he's become one of my best friends that I've ever had. Um, he grew up knowing about God, but he never knew God. Um, but through just conversation with him, uh, finding out where he's at, and just letting him know how I got to where I was uh, through people like you and uh, just a wonderful family that loved God, 
he really started to ask questions and respond when God answered. And um, he actually went on to graduate from a, a Bible course that was offered through the church we have now. He's now in charge of the the youth ministry they have at that church. And he would wake up at five in the morning, go out into the market and uh, just preach on the corner. And he would talk to any kids that were um, teenagers up to their mid-20s, just trying to get them on fire the same way he was. I mean, it's been incredible to see his growth. Um, and when I think about that, I I don't know, it, it keeps me going. Um, and there's more stories like that too. I Some of you might have remembered a man named DeGraft, who I spoke about uh, when I spoke at LifeSpring over there. Uh, he was on his way to sign up for the occult over in Ghana. He had felt that his life hit rock bottom, um, but something stopped him. Uh, God did, called him away from it, and he walked into our church, started attending, gave his life to Christ, and he actually joined forces with Amos in a way, and they started doing ministry together, and he's moved on to, uh, he started attending a Bible college as well, and it's just amazing to see people respond to God's call in their life when they live into it, live into who they're supposed to be in Christ, um, and yeah, I just, I hope it's encouraging, I hope it fills you up, and I would ask that you guys would pray for a friend of mine now, his name is Andy, he he doesn't know the Lord. Um, he actually, I think, is harboring a bit of resentment uh, towards God just uh, for some things that have happened in his past. But we've been having conversations and talking. He's been asking questions, and it's clear that God's calling him into the family. Um, so I just ask that you pray God would not stop chasing him down and that he would speak loud and clear to him. Uh, but that's that. I hope you guys have a great time. And Timothy, I love you all, and I'm praying for you. It's actually Thessalonians, but... Whatever. <laughs> Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So good. Next video is from Cindy Ferris, and you're going to see what it looks like to be called and sent uh, into the public schools, just like Paul was called and sent to Thessalonica. She was called and sent to school. I work in a public middle school. I don't know who said that you can't pray in a public school, but at my school, we pray all the time. My greatest goal is that the Lord would use me every single day. I count my school as my mission and the students and staff as my ministry. God has given me grace to share about him in many ways. Through the more than a decade of working in a public school, the Lord has opened doors um, to share his love. From the very beginning, I asked the Lord to share and to shine his light through me. And it hasn't been long before he used my office as a very safe place. Every year he's given me students to um, pour his love into. One year it was the cheerleaders. Um, the Lord showed them that um, beauty really does come from the inside out. And when they would fight with their mamas, I was able to share with them that it wasn't the end of the world and that um, they are still loved. One year it was the, my shy guys. They would come in with their mismatched socks and their, all their insecurities and I was able to encourage them and just show them that um, they can do anything that they wanted to do, even things like ROTC and, and to stand up for themselves. My office became a very safe place during a really tough season when a very popular and well-liked sixth grader uh, took her own life. My principal would share with um, parents and students that my office was always open to them. They could come for prayer or even just to listen to worship songs. 
I even had a little rocking chair in my office that soon staff and students deemed the prayer chair because they knew whenever they could sit in my prayer chair that they would be prayed over and I would pray peace and comfort over them. I would, um, one year um, the Lord asked me to minister to um, a brother and sister from Alabama. They call, I call them my little puppies because they were distracted in so many ways and they would fight and tumble just like puppies would. At the very end of their eighth grade year, I gave them each a Bible. I don't think they'd ever seen a Bible before so they didn't quite know what to do with it. But I would think that they liked it because even years later they come to me and uh, even yesterday came and asked me to pray for them because they had a, a nasty toothache. God has um, surely given me grace in my place to share about Jesus, and I am so very thankful for that. That one just fires me up. That was so good. We're praying for you, too. Like, keep it going. Uh, our final video is Ray Mayer. Most of you know Ray, and you're going to see what all this kind of looks like while you're serving in the church, but also what it might look like when you're running a business. Uh, just want to encourage you this, this, to tell a story about being outside the walls of the church to encourage people and, and uh, just coming alongside and pouring your life of, of, as either here at the church as a men's ministry leader and, and watching men grow in their relationship with their wives and their kids and encouraging them and that's just pouring into them and then watching them take those skills that you've been encouraging them to do and they, they uh, come along and start serving the Lord. It's always encouraging to, to see someone come and, and it, the Lord takes a hold of them and, and encourages them like they, he, you've been encouraged by others over the years. Or going into somebody's backyard, cleaning a swimming pool, and uh, it's just a pool, but you get to know their family and their kids and their dogs, and pretty soon you've got a relationship with these people, and you get to share Christ when the opportunity, they need prayer, and you can pray for them, and you see results, and they, they now it's like they seek you out to, to, I have this other person that you need to pray for, or however it is, you get those relationships, and, and to watch that see how people react to you as you walk life outside the walls of the church. A lot of my ministry is here in the church, but just as I go about life, just walking and listening and, and sharing my faith with others, it's always an encouragement. You don't always see the results, and, and, uh, but if you can be an encouragement and you're planting that seed so that when it does click for them and they do follow the Lord, you'll hear about it. Maybe you'll never hear about it. But you know you've done your part. You're watering or you're planting the original seed. and Sometimes you get to pick the fruit. But you just do your part. And it's always encouraging. I just also wanted to share an example of uh, a man I've known my whole life. that uh, He doesn't know the Lord, but I've always uh, encouraged him. And, and uh, he's, he's going to church now, which is a big step in for him. And it's, uh, it's awesome to see. He's not quite there yet, but I get to encourage him and I get a, to pour in wisdom. He's always asking questions and I always just tell him the straight truth that Jesus loves him, that uh, he cares for him and, and wants to spend eternity with him. And you just share that and you watch him take those baby steps. He, he's a man that uh, never went to church and now he's going to church. He 
he uh, went through some hard times. He's actually got some counseling, which is a big step. So it's it's always great to see when you can pour into your life and you can see him taking those steps. They're not quite there yet, but prayer and every time you just keep sharing the love of Jesus, sharing uh, it's not over until it's over. Uh, we've all met those people that you think it's over, their heart is rock, whatever it is, but you just keep loving on them, you keep sharing the truth, and uh, pretty soon you're like, trouble comes and they come running to you looking for help. And so that's all I can do is be an example. And it's, uh, it's a great example to be always being consistent, being steady, and always having that, the love of God to share. And then watch them make those steps of faith, little steps. Hey, I'm going to church now. Awesome, you know, just keep encouraging them. What'd you learn? Ask them. Make them explain. And then explain to them if they have questions, because they always have questions. And uh, I'm just waiting for that day when he tells me I gave my heart to the gave my heart to Jesus today. And it's gonna be a, a glorious day and I'm never giving up on him. So Amen. Amen. That was good. The reality is we just saw three examples of what it means to be a Christian, right? What it means to love God and to love others. I know we could have made dozens upon dozens of videos of each one of you uh, and, and those types of things and those types of examples in your own life. But the reality is all three of those people, you know, they face obstacles, they face hindrances and challenges. But I think the message of today is that through it all we'd remain faithful, faithful. And if we keep on hitting walls, right, running into walls, if we keep on getting hindered, the message also, I think, is that it's time for us to be spirit-led and allow the spirit to actually get us to be a little creative, right? There's a time when the right thing to do is actually to send Timothy to Thessalonica. But with all that being said, I think we also got to remember this. Jesus is ultimately the one who saves people, right? I'm not the Savior. You're not the Savior. We know the Savior, and He has a name, and His name is Jesus. All we can do is point people to the Savior, right? Reveal Him through the way we shine His light. But it's up to them whether they say yes or no to Him or not. But regardless of their response, church, I just hope we can receive this today. Regardless of their response, that we are called to remain faithful in our love for them. That we would be Christ-like toward them in every way. Christ-like in the way we speak to them, in the way we treat them. So I want to close our time together by just praying for us and praying over us. Because each person here, and I don't know how many people are here uh, this second service, but each one of us, we have that sphere of influence, right? Our own little world where we interact with other people in our daily lives. And each one of our little circles is different. Mine is different than yours, which is different than yours, which is different than yours. But what is it? I mean, maybe it's at your job, your family, your neighbors. And I just want to ask the Holy Spirit that he would fill us up. That we want to even rush this. I, I get it, it's 1222, but we want to even try to just speed this up. or anything, That we would just stand in a posture of saying, God, we want you to fill us up right now with your love, with your passion for the people in my sphere of influence.
right? Even if it gets tough, even if I face opposition, even if there's hindrances, God, I'm asking you right now that you would give me the power and the strength to do what you have called me to do. I'm not giving up on people. Some of you need to kind of say that in your heart. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stay steadfast in my love for others. So God, I need your love to just begin to flow through me. Life spring. I was thinking about this week. It just fired me up. Wouldn't it be something if more and more as the years go by and as we remain faithful, wouldn't it be something if we began in just in greater measure began to hear more and more the good news of people standing in the faith, the good report of people that we've rubbed shoulders with, people that we had in our sphere of influence, in our little world, just more and more, just the stories flooded into this place of the good news, the good report of people standing in faith and love. Does anyone else want that? I'm just fired up about that. Like, come on, Jesus, as this place gets established and rooted in you, Jesus, that there would be good news flowing into this little house on a weekly basis of people who are now standing in faith because of our faithfulness to love them with the love of God. So would you bow your heads? I just want to pray over us. Lord Jesus, right now in this moment, fill us up by your Holy Spirit. Fill us up. Fill us up. We need you, God. We need your spirit. We need your creativity. We need your imagination. We need your ideas. And God, it's just so true when when we say your kingdom come, your will be done. We say that because often in our flesh, I kind of want my kingdom and my will to be done. But we're saying right now in this moment that we love people so much and we know you love people so much that we're willing to say, God, even if my plan A doesn't happen, even if my plan A doesn't come to fruition, I love these people so much that God, if I need to send Timothy, Lord, give me the resources to send Timothy. And right now the Lord is showing each one of us some of those areas where it's not going how we wanted it to go. But Lord, you're going to fill us up with a zeal and a passion for the lost. And we're not going to give up. We're not going to get all ER. We're not going to just be moaning and and just be frustrated and and discouraged by what didn't happen. We're going to look forward with eyes of faith into what's going to happen. And what's going to happen? Your plans are going to happen. Your purposes are going to happen. Your salvation is going to happen. Your spirit is going to be poured out on all sons and daughters. That's what's going to happen. And so we rise up in faith to believe, even in this moment, that your spirit is giving us the strength and the power to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, for those dry and desert places, and even some of those, those relationships that just feel so barren, that feels so lifeless. Lord, would you show us right now by your spirit, show us what it looks like to remain faithful before the good news. Show us what it looks like to have a steadfastness of hope, a labor of love, a work of faith. Speak. Just even now, Lord, just we're, we're, we're open. We're open. And as your pastor, I just want to pray this over each one of you. Lord, right now, give us the strength, the resolve, the resourcing to shine brilliantly in our spheres of influence. Lord, just right now, I just ask for that. I'm knocking on heaven, Lord Jesus. 
would you right now just on each one of your sons and your daughters give them what they need to shine brilliantly with the light of Christ Lord, give them what they need right now for their, their little world and their little sphere of influence and the people that they rub shoulders with and the people at work and the people at the latte stand, the people in their classroom, Lord, those different people that they engage with. Would you give them right now a love, a radical love for them, God, that it would just influence every way that every word that they speak, every action, every way they treat them, Lord, that, Lord, your spirit would move us and compel us in such a way we would actually leave here changed. And we'd leave here full of the light of Christ, full of the love of God, but ready to remain faithful. And one day, God, we just declare one day you're coming back, but we're going to be standing with other sons and daughters. We're going to be standing with our glory and our joy. We're going to be standing with people where we remain faithful. That good report's coming in. That good news coming in. People are going to come into your kingdom. People are going to come into a knowing, everlasting relationship with you, Jesus. And I just pray right now, God, give us the power to remain faithful. But joy is coming in the morning. I just see that, God. The excitement and the joy and the energy of just seeing saved upon saved upon saved, dozens upon dozens upon dozens, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people coming, rushing in, into the kingdom because of the faithfulness of your people. God, save your people. Save your people. And if God, if you want to, use us. We're willing to be a part of it. We're willing to be a part of your salvation plan. So God, have your way and have your way in us. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand with us?